1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by
0: Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office?
2: Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Cheb. I-, I can't resist this before we go to John Shannon. Cheb has texted the show, Bob, 70 plus million votes for Trump is an indication of the distinct lack of accessibility to quality education for the lower class. That's what Cheb says. As the U.S. educates its population, we'll continue to see red states turn purple. Most Americans aren't racist. They don't know any better, says Cheb. My response to that, CNN put this number out. 60% of Republicans voted for the Republicans based on economic concerns. 36% of Democrats voted for Democrats based on uh, racial uh, equality issues. 23% of Democrats voted for Democrats based on COVID handling. My point is, I think we need to uh, understand that people vote for different reasons and accept it and not vilify it. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, but you know, these days, it's uh, it is what it is on that front. And I with I do want to mention, uh, Ken has texted the show. Bob just heard Mike Zanier. Broberg as a second slash third pairing defenseman is both a surprise and a disappointment after everything I've heard about him so far. With all due respect to Mike, I hope he's wrong. Ken. I hope Mike's wrong, too. I mean, Mike's watched him in Sweden. Uh, Broberg has not lit it up offensively. People need to remember that Broberg is even 20 yet. I don't even know if he's 20. No, he can't be because he's going to be eligible for the World Junior. So time will tell in that regard. One of the most open-minded guys I know who's uh, worked for a long time in broadcasting. We'll have a lot to get to. We welcome back to the show John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you doing? Good, Wolf. How are you? uh, Hey. I'll take wolf cuz I found <laughs> wolf to be fairly neutral and uh, and john king to be exceptional and that's uh. my my point is like I opened up with CCR today uh uh, because one of the guys from CCR, Tom Fogarty, was born on this day in 1941. John, John Fogarty. Tom is his brother, the one oh, that, the passed brother. Oh, okay. yeah, that passed away in 1990 from a blood transfusion. He died of uh, complications from AIDS from a blood transfusion. And as you know, there's, there's two brothers in a band that fought for years over sort of which direction. So if it happens in families, we can understand why... You know, there's there's the battle. By the way, you're you're you know you're a politically astute guy. Just we'll get to the hockey stuff in a second. But what did you? Uh, I kind of liked the, the messaging in Biden's speech. What about you? Well, I
2: think it was the only messaging he could do. Quite frankly, yeah. uh, you, you know you. you I, I, I I don't want to get too polarized in all this. But the the reality is is that there were there were 70 million people that voted for the Republican candidate. And you have to find a way to if you if you claim to be the president of all the United States, you have to find a way to uh, bridge the gap for some of those 70 million people. And that will be his biggest challenge.
0: Yeah. And uh, and we are tied to it because we're invariably tied oh, to sure. it. And- Right? Like we're, and it's, I mean, and it can affect different parts of the country differently. Like, right? I mean, what's going to happen with
2: Keystone? You know, there you go. That's that's the the big big question. It's it's interesting you say that. I I mentioned it on our morning podcast with Bob McAllen. Nine of the top ten television shows in Canada for the last six nights have been CNN news. Right. Nine of the top ten programs I mean it's it's phenomenal the amount of interest uh, on both sides well obviously on the south side of the border but on the north side of the border the election has had and, yeah. and it's it's rein what, it, what it, in my opinion too what it's done is its it has whether you like it or not it's reinvigorated people under the age of 30 to be involved in in, in democracy in elections. and elections and and that's not a bad thing
0: no. And there's nothing wrong with having conversation, but with conversation should come understanding and a little bit of empathy. Uh-huh. And yeah,
2: we got we got we got to work on that part. So I, I I heard I heard an expert, a professor from Vanderbilt, say this uh, the other night, uh, actually on um, MSNBC, which I don't watch very often, uh, and he said that um, uh, the disagreement is the oxygen of democracy. Uh, and I, I wrote it down, actually, because when you think about it, you, you know, the, the, greatest, the greatest aspects of democracy is the ability to talk about it right. and, and resolve it. And, you know, and unfortunately, majority rules in democracy, that's 50.1% sometimes. And, and that's exactly what we have right now.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, it was interesting, and I thought uh, I was. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm like, can NBC keep Clemson and Notre Dame? <laughs> I'll flip back and forth between. I know you got five TVs in your house, but I was I was missing the second quarter of that game, was maybe the biggest college game of the year, and uh, uh, and that and that had big numbers too. By the way, just so you know, uh, yeah. John, huge numbers in the states. Yeah, uh, almost 10 million people, huh? What what for Notre Everybody Dame? And, Notre Dame. Uh, and what did uh, I th- I would have thought I would have had more than that. No,
2: no, ten million. That's a big number for college football.
0: Yeah. Uh, what did the uh, NBA finals have in the states?
2: I don't know. I th- that's a good question. I, can't I think they
0: they got. I think they got kicked pretty good. I think they yeah. got kicked pretty good. Uh, hey, at this time right now, you, there's the old saying, right? You got to go to the uh, mouth of the lion, and it is a huge topic. And again, my whole thing is we gotta we gotta work together. To the the the, the, the smartest people I've ever met, John and Life, have always talked about building bridges and working together. Yeah, and the uh, you know there, there's some people that thought they were really smart. That have been incredibly narrow-minded in their scope it's it it just has befuddled me my entire life like i've just kind of been in shock that that's the case i want to talk uh yesterday was a tough day for canadians on a couple different fronts alex trebek passed away at the age of 80 obviously a canadian broadcasting legend and then a guy you know well and you worked with uh, a guy that many of us grew up watching howie meeker passing away at the age of 97 now i don't know if you knew alex but i know you worked with howie what can you tell us about your time with Howie?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, and, and, and for Oilers fans, uh, y- you know, in the early 80s, uh, Howie was part of our broadcast crew. How- Howie was there uh, in the intermissions uh, during playoff series uh, from, uh, from 1980 to uh, 1985, 1986, really, uh, but 85 uh, with, with the Stanley Cup championship uh, against the Flyers. Uh, and Howie was a big part of what we did in Western Canada. For, for that for that realm of that window of 80 to 85, uh, w- most Western Canadians saw Howie Meeker much more than they saw Don Cherry. Don Cherry was the – because w- there wasn't a doubleheader. There was a single game in, in East and West sometimes. And you saw – sometimes you saw Meeker and sometimes you saw Cherry. So that – How listen, Howie was the first – personality on hockey broadcasting. And when I say personality, somebody who wasn't just, you know, pretty, straight-laced, you know, button-down shirt, you know, black tie, dark blazer, or starting in the mid '70s, uh, the baby blue blazer. Everybody was pretty straightforward. Howie was the first one that you know didn't stay in his lane and and had opinion and and was excitable and showed some personality. And um, you know I, I truly believe he was the he was the first uh, of that ilk. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, eventually, I'm sure Don Cherry would have got on the air, but I'm not sure. Uh, without Howie and the success that Howie had uh, that we didn't expand and try to find other personalities like grapes uh, to take advantage of it. it Howie Meeker was, was a, a great hockey mind. Let's, let's not forget, he, he has his name on the Stanley Cup four times as well as a player. Uh, he assisted on the famous Bill Barilko goal in 1951. Uh, he, he was a very good hockey player, but he was a better broadcaster. He had much more impact on the game in the studio, in the broadcast booth, uh, in both uh, in Canada and for a short period of time on NBC.
0: Now, here's something that most of our listeners would be stunned by, I would think, unless they've done the actual homework on this. Howie Meeker was a politician as well. Yeah, while, it's, while it's, he yeah, played, absolutely. while he played, that's 27 crazy.
2: Year old, 27 years old. He was in the uh, House of Commons. Uh, in fact in fact uh, and then red kelly did it after him right um you know the interesting thing was that i, I talked to, i used to talk to Howie a ton of times about politics and and and, uh, and things like that uh he was a, he was in the, the progressive conservative party uh and what happened was uh major Smythe, uh, the legendary con Smythe, the owner of the Maple Leafs, went to him and said you i want you to run for politics uh, and, and it almost wasn't an option for him. It was the way that Smythe was trying to get his his players to be involved in the community, and he thought that Howie had the, had the DNA to be a politician. And so, and he was so he was he was a member of the opposition for I believe four years uh, in uh, Early in 50s. Ottawa, and, and and would commute. And Smythe would let him miss practice. Uh, wouldn't let him miss games. Would would let him miss practice if house was in in if the house was
0: sitting. Uh, you know what else is kind of interesting? I mean, just speaking of politics, he was born in Kitchener. And again, our listeners, many of them are, would be unaware of this. The initial huh. name of the city was, Berlin, was not yeah. Kitchener, was it? It was Berlin, yeah. And they changed it in 19... I think it was in 1915 or 1916 during yeah. the First World War. Yeah. So. Listen, the,
2: the, the, magic of, the magic of how he really came to light, uh, Bob uh d- during the summit series in 1972 yes uh and and the and, and as much as he had done some work for hockey night in canada and and ralph mellaby deserves credit for for giving him that opportunity the cbc and ctv agreed that howie was good to be on both shows uh and you have to give Johnny Esau and Gordon Craig, who was running CBC sports at the time. And the guy who created TSN later, um, he you know, and how he became a mainstay through that eight game series. And with the amount of people watching his, his stardom really grew exponentially during the, during the summit series. And as you remember, or maybe you don't, I certainly do. He was very critical of Canada and the way Canada played games at times. Uh, and uh, but then, at the same time, by the time of the end of, end of game eight, he was as happy as the rest of us a, he was a patriotic Canadian. so uh, and then from then on it was it was it was just a, it was a flight to stardom for Howie. Uh, Saturday nights, uh, and then the telestrator that uh, that they brought over from curling to hockey. Uh, he used it so effectively and and really that's and he was still living in Newfoundland at the time. and then when he moved to the West Coast to Parksville, he became a mainstay on our Western broadcast that I started working on in 1979.
0: Yeah, my sister's in Parksville right now, a beautiful part of uh, uh, Canada. Uh, just back to 72, John. uh My dad, who has since passed away, was a teacher. And I remember I was you know, six and saying to him, are the Russians the bad guys and we're the good guys? And my dad's like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is just Canada versus Russia. We're cheering for Canada, but it's not good guys versus bad guys. And after halfway through game one, he looked at me and said, number 17 for Russia is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. and that was part of the thing with Howie is he was highlighting the fact of how the team play the Russians had uh, some of the individual skills that players like like if I recall correctly Yakushev was sort of like seen as the big Russian star but Harlamov was the guy who lit
2: no, it up the other way around Harlamov was the real star and you, Yakushev Yakushev was the one who who came to light during the series.
0: Uh, well, I, but wasn't Harlamov the guy that scored in, in game one? Scored the two beautiful goals, oh, well. and then
2: Bobby Clark. But he came, you know, not to detract from what Howie did, but uh, but what Har- Harlamov came to the seventy two series uh, w- with a huge reputation. We didn't know very much about Alexander Yakushev at that point. We knew yeah. uh, we knew a ton about Valery Harlamov.
0: Now was it Petrov Harlamov, and Mikhailov was that the line that's right yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 how he was completely neutral and I thought at that it was that fair that he was neutral and fair in his coverage oh i and I
2: think that that drove a lot of Canadians crazy and and again it that helped build his reputation that that uh, you know he would call a, a spade a shovel uh, and and that he he didn't mince words and he, he used his uh, his vernacular the you know the golly gee whiz and the You know, in the Holy Mackinac, he was, you know, he had come from a, he had come from a generation where, uh, where exclamations like that were almost viewed as expletives, but uh, he was able to use them and use them effectively, and that became, that became part of his shtick.
0: Many fans obviously grew up with how he was, he was involved in Peter Puck as well. No, he
2: He wasn't. I I don't understand this. No, he wasn't. That's good. That's good that you
0: correct me on that. I thought he he was.
2: He, you know, he was, no. Peter Puck was a a co-production between um, Hockey Night, NBC, and Hanna-Barbera. Okay. Uh, uh, NBC and and Scotty Connell were really the driving forces behind it. how, How many episodes of Peter Puck do you think there are?
0: Oh, I'll say 12. Nine.
2: Okay. That's all there were. There were nine episodes of Peter Puck, and they, they played them again and again right. and again. That tells you the, the attention span of people, but you know what there were nine be- episodes of Peter Puck uh, in uh, in the original one that, that was created in 1974, I believe. Uh, but, but, but Howie really had nothing to do with it. The, pro- the thing was is that there was an association... When NBC got their contract, they put Peter Puck on the air and put Howie on the air too. So there was a real belief oh, okay. that they were they were together, but they they weren't.
0: All right. So uh, if, if he had a huge reputation for his hockey school as well, which yes. emphasized skill and team play if yeah. i rec- if i so this is and, and i got to tell you in terms of the russian thing uh, or what was then the soviet thing back then Claire drake was another guy that really valued a lot of sort of the fundamental russian teaching skills in terms of how you know the team play in a five man attack and sure. how they kill penalties but, but Claire had
2: been exposed to it on an international yeah, stage right. greater than most nhlers
0: absolutely yeah. uh, you yeah. you, wor- you worked with them what like sometimes oh, you yeah. You, sometimes you work with guys and they have big egos and other times you work with guys John that want to share and I've always found the best people in whatever they want to do share what was how he like to work with ultimate team player uh, I used to we used to have a, such a great time he loved the. he
2: loved the fraternity of, of hockey night he loved being that third team in every arena uh, nobody went to the got to the ring faster and had more fun uh, you know I I, I remember days that at uh, uh, at the Coliseum where uh, Howie would actually sit in the back with, in the tape room, the videotape room with the, with the operators and, and talk them through the highlights and, and watch with them and, and created a bond with people on the crew. Uh, that they would go to, they would have gone to war for Howie, and and you know he made them he made them feel very important, and that's what he did as a person. He there wasn't a person he didn't meet that he didn't try to make feel important. He was an he was an unbelievably positive person. They they say he had a a, a terrible temper uh, in in at a certain point in his life. In fact, the the legend is that he punched Stafford Smythe when he got got fired as the coach of the Maple Leafs. But never in my time, uh, in the 11 years that I worked with Howie, never did I hear him utter an angry word. I heard him laugh. I heard him have a great time. There was always a glint in his eye and a smile. Uh, and uh, how how he made it a treat to go to every Saturday night in Western Canada. He was he was he was a special special guy. Um, and in many ways, um, didn't he, you know? Kind of faded away uh, and faded away too quickly, uh, and didn't get didn't like, for instance didn't get the didn't get the accolades. That other people who 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 left the show at a certain point, and, and whether it's Bob Cole or Don Cherry, uh, he didn't get the accolades that he deserves uh, for for being a part of you know a couple of generations of Canadians and how they watched hockey.
0: I wonder how many other people just associate Howie Meeker with Peter Parker. I'm going to be intrigued. To see oh
2: it. I I saw it all on social media yesterday, and I'm going. What are you guys talking about? I have no clue what you're talking about, but you know, you never
0: know. The other thing that he was, and this is something near and dear to Craig Simpson's heart, uh, heavily involved, uh, uh, as well as Ron Francis, heavily involved in Special Olympics over the years as well. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, it's funny. I don't think people give him credit for the player he was. He was the rookie of the year. You mentioned that he played in multiple all-star games, four-time Stanley Cup champion, scored five goals in one game, yep. was the, was the head coach. Actually, he's, he was the fastest leaf to score 25 goals before austin matthews how uh,
2: he uh, Howie was how he was a darn good hockey player he was tenacious wasn't very big you know but at a time when size really wasn't a factor in hockey in the 50s uh, but uh but he w- he was tenacious he attacked everything in life uh, the same way and that was uh, at hundred hundred percent every day
0: yeah, great stuff. Hey, John, thanks for shedding some insight on it very quickly. Uh, just circling back, uh, announcement today from Pfizer, uh, 90% efficiency, I guess, in terms of the treatment with the virus. You heard the president's comments, uh, President-elect's comments the other day. Does this have any effect at all in the NHL?
2: I think it's still way too early. Uh, to, to know i think that everybody at, in, in in every walk of life is was, was excited when they heard the word today and uh, but I, I still think it's uh, it's far too early to figure out you, you can have a vaccine but you have to learn how to distribute it for 300, 300 million americans and almost 40 million canadians so it's uh before we but well, we i think we're a long way from doing that
0: who are you taking between Alabama and LSU on Saturday Alabama's favored by 22 points LSU won the national championship last year
2: I've always learned if if it's 22 points take the underdog so I'm going to take Auburn I'll take I'll, I'll take I'll take the 22 points and take Auburn
0: All right. <laughs> LSU No,
2: LSU sorry sorry
0: they're they're going to beat Auburn in a couple of weeks John we'll talk on Wednesday okay all right, Bob. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. That is John Shannon, 1253 in Edmonton. we got a ton of text to do. Uh, we'll be opening up the phone lines at 1 o'clock. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Just going to catch up on some things right now as well. Do want to tell you that... Um, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Uh, you heard John just mentioned uh, Auburn there briefly. I made a mistake with Jack on Friday. I, I, I thought that uh, Baltimore was playing Cincinnati. They were playing the Colts. This <laughs> just shows you what I know. Anyhow, uh, it's live radio. Sometimes stuff, uh, doesn't come across as, uh, in terms, hey, mistakes, factual errors are, what? Factual errors are actually made. I did find the comments from Mike, uh, Zanier interesting. Uh, he thinks that Broberg is a 4560. I'm gonna tell you right now, based on what I saw in the orders abbreviated training camp last year coming back from the, uh, stoppage, I have a higher ceiling for that, but Mike has seen him play more than me. Uh, we shall see in that regard. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad, Where
0: is he going to fit in this upcoming season? That'll be an interesting question. Uh, John Shannon was... Our Oilers now headliner today for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We are going to go to the Oilers now audio vault for direct workwear with safety Beat savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Uh, Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports had William Lagason on his show Friday night. Uh, William was tied up during the course of the day. And uh, Lagason had this to say in his overall improvement last season.
2: I think I got some uh, improving my, uh, my offensive game a lot uh, and also just get some, some experience playing on small small eye sheets, uh, like making quick decisions and uh, good positioning all over the, the ice. Uh, so I think those are the, the areas that, that I've been proving, improving the most.
0: And uh, Lagesson had these additional comments on the differences between playing on a smaller ice surface in North America or the bigger ice surface over in Sweden.
2: Uh, I think just to like do the make the the right decision with the puck, uh, you don't have that much time. Uh, you always have a guy uh, pretty close to you. So with those small small passes and quick decisions, I think that's uh, that's the hardest part.
0: That is William Lagason who will compete, I think, against Evan Bouchard for the number seven position on the uh, Oilers' uh, defense for the upcoming season. Many of you would say just put Bouchard in the minors. Try telling the player that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. All right, let's get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Drew Shamhorn and his staff at Elite Promotional uh, Marketing. Uh, they have got face masks for everybody. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromomarketing.com. Back at the 630 chance Studios, here's Brendan Escott.
1: Well, just as we were on the air today. Rupe hints re-upped with Dallas three years at $3.15 million there. The 10th overall selection in last month's NHL draft, Cole Perfetti signed his ELC with Winnipeg this morning. That's an AAV of $1.66 million for Perfetti, who will join uh, Hockey Canada's World Junior Selection Camp a little later this month. Nashville did the same with Luke Evangelista, the 42nd overall pick this year out of the London Knights program. Ulf Samuelson joining the Florida Panthers Panthers as an assistant coach on Joel Quenville's staff. He had been the head coach of Lexans of the uh, Swedish League and was scouting for the Seattle Kraken as well. Uh, Previously, he has been an assistant with Arizona, the Rangers, and Chicago after his 16-year playing career. And we already mentioned the passing of legendary Maple Leaf and hockey analyst Howie Meeker, the age of 97.
0: It is 1 o'clock. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And then you at 780-496-0063 will open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And you tell us about your thoughts about where the Oilers are at right now with their team. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.